Hello, I'm Erin Bremer-Wright, and thank you for joining me for the Strength and Vulnerability Podcast, an inspiring, motivational, and positive show that highlights the awesome things women are contributing to the world through the lens of vulnerability. Vulnerability is often seen as a weakness, but it actually takes great strength to allow oneself to be vulnerable and go for what you want in life. So join me as I chat with women who found their strength and vulnerability. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Today I'm interviewing Mo Fenn, who is principal at KIPP School in Los Angeles, California. Prior to being the principal, she was the vice principal, dean, and instructional support coordinator. And prior to this, she's been teaching in academia for the past five years. Mo, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, So, Mo, you're a busy mom of two, as well as being a principal of a middle school. Mm -hmm. That is a lot on your plate. I, as I'm talking to you right now, there's your precious Nora actually (laughs) on your lap. Hi, Nora. Hi. Hi. (laughs) So, thank you so much again for finding the time. Yeah. I know that it's, you know, juggling kids and work and everything. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can be, yes. Yeah. Um, so one thing, as you know, this podcast focuses on the issue of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start this interview off um, by kind of talking about, as a principal and the students you work with, you are in a really tough spot in regards to the, our political hey. climate. Mm-hmm. So you deal with students from all different backgrounds, um, all different political beliefs. Mm -hmm. Again, these are just middle schoolers, but they learn from their parents and, you know, what's said around the house and friends and family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know that most recently there was an issue with with a student who whose father is a strong um, Trump supporter. And unfortunately, there's a lot of children also in the same classroom that are immigrants here in the U.S. and go into school not knowing if they're going to come home to their parents or if their parents will have been taken away from them. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, I can't imagine um, dealing with that myself mm-hmm. and the type of stress and anxiety that would create. But as a leader mm-hmm. and as someone who has to handle these situations, I mean daily essentially mm-hmm. how how do you prepare for conversations like that and how do you get yourself to a point where oh you can open yourself up to do that um i think preparing like the first step as a principal i guess is like ensuring students safety so making sure that students are like both physically safe at school but also feel safe to talk about things yeah. um and so i feel like as a first priority, preparing to make sure that my students feel safe at school is the first step. Um, And that has to come with some preparation in terms of like making sure that students know what their rights are, that students know that they can speak up in class, which requires like a fair amount of like classroom management and Mm -hmm. relationships with teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of work that has to be done between a teacher and a classroom to make sure that students have that relationship. Um, so it, it starts there for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you encounter any scrutiny from parents coming to you in terms of 
feeling like, you know, their child's voice may not be able to be heard because, um, in terms of the population at your school, I understand it's a lot of children who, um, kind of side with the thought of no wall. They're, they're not really siding with that Mm -hmm. side of, um, Mm -hmm. uh, the state. So, um, for those that do want to have a wall and do agree with what's happening now, um, how do you, how do you stand in the middle and say everyone's equal to speak their mind and everyone has the right to their own beliefs, but you also have to kind of tiptoe around that subject, I imagine too. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's really hard. I would say like, mm, the this most recent situation with the student who has a dad that's a Trump supporter is like an anomaly. I wouldn't say that's like the norm on campus. Okay. Um, and then I think like ultimately we're raising advocates, and so mm-hmm. at the core of this are kids, mm-hmm. and um, that means that kids need to be well informed of things that are happening in the world, and they need to form their own opinions and be able to defend their opinions with evidence. So. If I, what I do is I remain focused on kids first. Yes. And it's not about the adults, like, I mean, it is about the adults, that's the hard part, but, like, if I frame it in my head uh, as, like, our focus is students first, Mm -hmm. and we make decisions based off of our students, then it makes those conversations easier, because the focus then is not about the adults, but instead about what we need to do to help kids understand what's happening in the world and how to form and defend their opinions around it yeah that's great Mm. no that's that's i i can't imagine a better response to that question than what you just (laughs) said you are literally teaching your students to be advocates for themselves Mm -hmm. and to have a voice of their own yeah and to fully support whatever their beliefs are yeah our school was founded um so the founder of the school, who recently transitioned out, founded the school under the idea of advocacy. And the mission mm. is to um, teach kids to think, speak, and defend themselves and like know themselves so that they don't bis- risk being defined by others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we call our students advocates. We teach lessons around advocacy and um, and like every year kids do advocacy projects where they have to pick a problem in the world mm. and then they create a plan to solve that problem. Wow. Um, and so it's at the core of everything that we do at my school. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of adults could use that type <laughs> of training. <laughs> oh my goodness. And yeah. support really. Yeah. Um, and in that vein, cause you know, even within your school, you're not only dealing with students and their parents but you're also dealing with um teachers right that mm-hmm. your co-workers and I imagine part of the responsibilities as a principal of a school is also managing them mm-hmm. um and w- I guess my question for you is when you go into that type of situation where the news you give to a professor isn't necessarily the most positive Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you prepare for something like that so you can open yourself up to whatever their response is going to be back to you? Mm, what do you, what do you mean? So, um, let me phrase this a little better. Sorry. So 
when I go into situations that are difficult, mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. mentally prepare myself for whatever the response yeah. is going to be, whether it's positive yeah. or negative. Yeah. And I feel that by going mm-hmm. up to someone and confronting them essentially on an issue, mm-hmm. I have to allow myself to be vulnerable and take whatever response they have and actually listen to it and mm-hmm. respond to it as opposed to just say, you're doing this wrong, see you later, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, one thing, perhaps, like, as a new principal, I don't know if, like, this is, like, just my leadership style or if this is just part of, like, being new, but I approach things through curiosity. And so Mm -hmm. when I'm talking to somebody about a teacher or a parent or a staff member about something difficult Mm -hmm. I ask a lot of questions so I can learn more about what it is they're thinking and where it's coming from Mm -hmm. um before I make decisions around how to reply or what direction we need to go if that makes sense that totally makes sense and I think approaching something with general curiosity is Mm -hmm. the ideal way of doing it so you don't come with uh, preconceived biases really it's you just want to get mm-hmm. to the root of why something's happening the way yeah. it's happening yeah, yeah exactly I think that's really the foundation for strong leadership yeah honestly no wonder you're a principal at <laughs> such a young age Mo my gosh I think well I think the difficult part about that that I'm learning is like also sometimes people like in the vein of vulnerability like it also requires the other person to be willing to absolutely be like courageous and share what's actually on their mind and I think that that doesn't always happen and that's when you have conflict because people aren't always honest about how they're feeling and so you can't always help them in the way they need to be helped if they're not going to be honest about things because they're worried about you know whatever it is they might be worried about so Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of time spent like building relationships and trust Mm. um I think that's like essential to the work and moving forward for us so that's really key in terms of the managing approach is to build relationships so not only mm-hmm. you feel comfortable being mm-hmm. vulnerable, but also your coworkers essentially feel comfortable mm-hmm. enough to be vulnerable and open mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, that yeah. it makes so much sense, but I don't think a lot of people realize that, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Yeah. And there's not necessarily all good leaders and managers out there, so... I'm really happy to hear that, Mel. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Nora is going a little crazy here. <laughs> but yep. she's the cutest. Um, so, Mo, I want to ask you, as a mom juggling everything, mm-hmm. how, how has that been? You wake up, do you get any sleep with this little one? <laughs> I do get some sleep. Um, I think that it's a balancing act that certainly requires lots of, I don't know, it changes week by week, I feel like. Um, I think right now I'm, like, in the beginning of this year, I of the school year, I should say, so, like, in the summer, in June, when I got this new position, Nora was just 
three months old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it's definitely like a learning curve in terms of like one, going from one kid to two and mm-hmm. then to have a promotion. And we also bought a house, um, during that time. So there was a lot happening at a once. A lot, yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things like in the recent, in the most recent months I have found what works best for me in terms of like my schedule is to go to bed really early and wake up really early. So mm-hmm. I go to bed around like, um, nine or 10, uh, on a hope, like that's my goal. It doesn't always happen. And then I just wake up in the four o'clock hour mm-hmm. so that I can have time in the morning by myself before anyone wakes up. 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and it's been awesome for me. It's, I'm, it's like my most productive time of the day. Yeah. And it makes me, it allows me to start the day on like such a positive note, um, which is great. Um, so that's one thing is like just trying to figure out mm-hmm. what works best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have like a very supportive boyfriend and I think that goes a really long way. Absolutely. Um, definitely wouldn't be possible without that. Um, and then I think like some, it's really easy for women, especially to be hard on themselves because you like, you want a family and you want a, like you want things for yourself professionally and like there's often this conceived notion that you can't have both Mm -hmm. um so I'm lucky to have had some very positive role models who've been doing that um including my mom and then I would also say like with that like you just have to give yourself grace so like yeah you know, I haven't lost my baby weight from Nora, and she's nine months old. And I, like, also just had to, like, come to the conclusion, uh, yeah. like, you know, this isn't the year. This isn't the year that that's <laughs> going to happen for me. Like, there's so much going on. And, yeah. like, the second I gave myself permission to, like, not worry about ABCD and just, like, focus on what's happening, like, then it allowed me at least to feel more balanced, right? Because yeah. I had, like, these are the things that I want to focus on or have control over. Mm-hmm. Um and that helps a lot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have your priorities. You have your kids. You have your job. You have your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You have a house now. Mm-hmm. I mean, from an outside perspective, you really know have accomplished so much. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'm in awe of all the things that you're doing. Nice. Thank you. Truly. I, I am not a mom myself. So for all mothers, I... I don't know how you guys do it, and I am so impressed. <laughs> You're going to do it too. One day. Yeah. <laughs> you will. Um, well, on that note, Mo, I just wanted to thank you so much for yeah. being on the podcast. Yes. Um, and thank you, Nora, for also allowing us to do this. Um, she's giving me the biggest smile ever, and it's so cute. Um, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I'll see you later. Thanks. Bye.